Hello, you're listening to Wait, How Do You Spell That? A Rare Disease Podcast. My name is Colby, and I'm the content manager here at PatientWorthy. And today we're going to be discussing Friedrich's ataxia, also known as FA. It's a rare disorder that affects the nervous system and is characterized by symptoms such as changes to balance and coordination, loss of sensation, and slowed speech, among others. And to help in our discussion today, we have a very special guest. Kyle Bryant is a patient advocate and FA ambassador for the Friedrichs Ataxia Research Alliance. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming on. We're very happy to have you on to talk about your experiences as an advocate and to introduce our listeners to Friedrichs Ataxia. To start with, can you give us an overview of Friedrichs Ataxia for listeners who may not be familiar? Yeah, Friedrich's ataxia is a rare neuromuscular disease that affects all muscle coordination from the toes to the fingertips. And it also has symptoms like scoliosis, diabetes, vision loss, hearing loss, and life-shortening heart complications. So I was diagnosed when I was 17. I'm 40 now. A lot of kids are diagnosed when they're five years old or so, and, you know, they're in wheelchairs by the time they're 10. And unfortunately, we are losing these kids way too young. And so, you know, that's what I am working to change and what lots of people in the FA community are working to change. And could you talk about some of the challenges that people living with this condition face? Well, the biggest one, let's say, is the heart complications, you know, because that's what ends life much too early for lots of people. And um, so that's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I know that that's a, a similar thing in many different rare diseases. And so that's the, the scariest one. You know, and then there's the vision loss and the hearing loss that a lot of people in the FA community deal with in in later stages of the disease. You know, for me, it's mainly a balance of coordination. So I use a wheelchair. I've been using a wheelchair since about 2010. What I think about and what affects me is just social stigma, uh, self-perception and how we fit in society and stuff like that. And I think that's a very similar thing that a lot of people deal with across all rare disease and across all disability, no matter what is, you know, so when we search for a treatment and a cure, it's always a balance for me between the long-term goal of a treatment and a cure and living in the now and taking care of the things that matter right now and affect my emotions and my, my mental state and for sure my physical state as well. You spoke about the symptoms of Friedrich's ataxia just a moment ago, being so varied in its presentation across body systems. What does treatment for this condition typically focus on? It presents in a lot of different ways like a lot of different rare diseases. So if somebody has heart complications, they'll use heart drugs, right? And um, they'll treat diabetes with diabetes medication. But at the moment, we don't have a treatment that goes after the FA itself that causes all these things. So it's really symptomatic treatment that we have for all the different symptoms that present 
you know, for all the different people that have AFA. And let's turn for a minute to talk about your story. Uh, you mentioned before that you were diagnosed early in life. What was that journey like for you? At first, I obviously didn't know what it was going to mean. And I was happy to ignore it and not think about what it might mean, right? Kind of burying my head in the sand a little bit. And I think partly that was just kind of the stage where I was, right? I was 17 and not ready. I I mean, I hardly thought in the next week, right? Much less 20 years down the road. So that's initially how I kind of looked at it. You know, my goal was to go to college and get a degree and get a job. Um, because that's kind of what society tells us is important, right? And, um, you know, over the next few years, I come to find out there's a lot more to life than the cookie cutter kind of vision that I had. And so I kind of had to redefine my vision for myself and how I fit in society like a lot of people with rare disease have to do. And so I think that was a lot of the struggle for me was just trying to figure out how I fit and what my future was going to look like. As mentioned earlier, you're an ambassador for the Friedrichs Ataxia Research Alliance. Can you tell us a little more about that organization? Pharaoh was founded by parents of people with FA in 1998 and actually a couple of scientists that were pretty much the only ones doing research on FA. And, you know, the goal at the beginning is the same as the goal is today is to find a treatment and a cure for FA through scientific research. And so, you know, with those two scientists, Farah funded the very first grant for like 60,000 bucks or something like that, and started pulling all the families together. And really, that was the key. I think we all know that is that community is the key to all of this. And through gathering the community and raising more funds and um, participating in clinical research and doing all the things that are necessary you know, Farah has grown to a robust organization with a very deep and wide treatment pipeline. And we're pushing all those things. There's, I think, eight or nine different things that we're attacking to be able to treat FA. And within those eight or nine categories, there's several projects by different companies or academic institutions that have formed to be able to address those issues that have been identified. And so the focus is scientific research, but the the mode or the key to all of it is the community. The community drives everything. And it starts with, you know, how people are managing the disease and how they're getting along and how much effort they put into funding a treatment and a cure as far as fundraising and participating in research and all the things that are required, it really starts with the community. Can you tell us about your decision to get involved in advocacy? 
Yeah, you know, I hear this a lot from many people in the community, and it's if I don't do it, then who will, right? It's it's on our shoulders. And I, I think that's a really empowering thought as much as it is quite daunting, right? When we feel the weight on our shoulders, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we feel the obligation and and the pressure but it's also really empowering because you know what we're doing this we're raising the funds we're driving research and you know while it's very daunting i think it's an amazing opportunity that we all have to get involved for ourselves and for our community so that's part of the reason that i got involved and I think we're all searching for purpose in life. And for me, my purpose was handed to me in the form of a rare disease. And obviously there are many, many downsides to that. But in one respect, I see it as a gift because I know what my purpose is. And that I think that's the way a lot of people in the FA community see it is an opportunity to make a huge impact with their life. You recently spoke at PTC Therapeutics ribbon cutting event for its gene therapy manufacturing facility. Can you talk about why it's important for ambassadors to work with industry partners on initiatives like educating about FA, designing and recruiting things like clinical studies and building strong connections with the patient community? I think it's really simple. Why do we develop treatments? It's to help the patient population, right? And to help people. And if those people don't get involved in the process, then there's no purpose to it. There's no reason to even do it. And so I think it's really important for all of us to get involved and, um, you know, voice our opinions about why these things are important so that we can help shape the treatment to fit our lives because that's what it's for in the first place. Switching topics here a little bit. What advice do you have for someone who is newly diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia? My advice would be to get involved in the community. Because for me, that is where I've learned the most about how to manage my disease and how to fit it into my vision for my life. You know, you observe other people in the community and you take the things from them that you see them, some of the things that are working, and you implement that in your life. And then you see some things that you don't necessarily like, right? And you're like, all right, I can leave that. So I think that we take the best from each other. So my number one advice would be get involved in the community, connect with the others that have the disease so you can improve yourself and also contribute to the improvement of the community. It's kind of a circular process, right? When you when you put it in, um, you're getting it back as well. And what are some of the ways that friends and family can be supportive of someone with this condition? I think there's a tendency to do things for someone else. And I think that's a common thing 
not only with rare disease, but across disabilities. And I think it's important to empower people, help with the resources so they can help themselves. For example, I'm staying in my parents' house right now, and my parents help out with a lot of things, but a lot of what they do is, for example, put a grab bar at a certain spot in the bathroom so that I can use the bathroom. Like they're not helping me with that task, but they're helping me do it myself. And so I think that principle relates to a lot of different things. And so it's it's all about empowering the individual to, to do what they need to do in their life. And I think a lot of that is based on open dialogue and good relationships. Obviously, I have a good relationship with my parents and with my family. And so they're able to understand me and what I need to be able to do what I want to do in life. And I think that's really important, whether it's a friend or family member, is to try to understand that person and help them do the things they want to do and not necessarily do it for them, but empower them to do it themselves. You also have a podcast called Two Disabled Dudes, where you also talk about rare disease. Can you tell us some more about that? The Two Disabled Dudes podcast started in 2016, and our premise behind it to get it started was, you know what, the more we talk about our challenges related to rare disease for sure, but really just everything in life, the more we talk about these things, the less power they have over us to control our lives. And so um, my co-host, Sean, and I, Sean also has Friedrich's ataxia like me. So we have many of the same challenges. And so, you know, we talk about those. We talk with people in the rare disease community. We talk with people in the disability community and just figure out the best way to move through life and, you know, set our sights beyond our circumstances. We all have challenges. It's very clear. All of us know that. Um, but the goal is to set our sights beyond that and, uh, and accomplish as much as we can with the time we're given on this earth. And if someone wants to learn more about Friedrich's Ataxia or is looking for support, what's the best place to find information? So for FA, you can go to curefa.org. That's the homepage for the Friedrich's Ataxia Research Alliance. You can learn about all the research that we have in our pipeline, and you can find events in your area that you can get involved in and connect with the community and contribute to the cause. For the Two Disabled Dudes podcast, you can go to twodisableddudes.com and see our most recent episodes and enjoy that there, and you can connect with us on social media. And is there anything else you want others to know about your story? I think the main thing I'd like others to know is that life is not over. I think about that all the time. I think about when I was diagnosed and all you 
your mind goes to infinity. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die tomorrow. Well, that is not true. And we have the time we're given and that's what we got. So let's make the most of it. And, you know, that's what I think about a lot. And I think that's a, a really good mindset to have if you have a rare disease or, or not. Uh, well, Kyle, I'd like to thank you for coming on this, our final episode of 2021, to tell us about your experiences as an advocate. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Absolutely. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the time. Of course. And if you'd like to learn more about Friedrich's Ataxia, you can check out the Friedrich's Ataxia Research Alliance at curefa.org. And if you'd like to check out Kyle's podcast, you can do so at twodisableddudes.com. And we'll leave a link to both those websites in the show notes for this episode. Remember, you can always keep up with the latest in rare disease news by visiting patientworthy.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for patientworthy on those platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. It may seem like a small thing, but a review or rating really does go a long way toward helping us out. Finally, if you have any questions about the podcast or perhaps an idea for a future episode, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to Colby, that's C-O-L-B-Y, at patientworthy.com. That does it for today's episode. I'd like to take a moment to say how grateful PatientWorthy is to all our guests for taking the time to come and share their stories on the show this year, and for our listeners who have tuned in each month to hear those stories. Our goal here at PatientWorthy is to connect people within the rare disease community, and we couldn't do that without the support of everyone involved. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, and we hope everyone has a safe and happy holidays. Thank you once again to Kyle Bryant for joining us on the show today. And as always, thank you for listening. 